Justin Stats, Randy Johnson, Eugene Morgan coming to you from the lovely city of Atlanta, Georgia. Eugene, we have football upon us. We got craziness happening with the Nets again. Um, and we'll get to all of that, but we got to start here with a major baseball story. It's a, probably the first time ever that we started baseball two to three weeks in a row, man. We've started yeah. baseball stories, man. Baseball, maybe it's getting a little bit more interesting here, but this isn't a story that the Padres wanted us to start with. And we got to start with uh, Fernando Tatis. And I think he has an 80-game suspension. Let me pull that suspension up because I think Yep, you got it. You game. nailed it. 80 games Um, and you know what's funny about that or not funny to to the Padres but what's um, what a coincidence I would say is that we were just talking last week of how they were heating up after getting Juan Soto how the bats Mm -hmm. were really heating up at the Padres how they were starting to nip at the feet of the Dodgers in terms of interest not necessarily in terms of being as good as the Dodgers but in terms of interest though you know that's that's an interesting team they're putting together there and um he was suspended for a banned substance that he said he took himself. Um, so he's not appealing that. Came out with an apology and said that uh, he didn't know. It was, it's a, so I don't, I'm going to butcher this name. I don't know if it's cl- close to ball. C-L-O-S-T-E-B-O-L. I don't, I don't have no clue how to You're, pronounce that. Yep, yep. Your guess is as good as mine on that one. <laughs> um, so he is, so for one, you know, he he just signed that. $340 million deal. Uh, yep. And he's only in the second year of that deal. And of course, in true baseball fashion, that thing goes uh, about a decade and a half. That's about 14 years. Right. So, um, I want to say it doesn't bode well. We'll see. We'll kind of see how this all works out. Um, I really like him. And I really loved him with Juan Soto, Josh Bell, and the team they were putting together. And Machado in there, you got. I mean, that was, oh man, scary. yeah. Well, how do I? Game. How do I keep forgetting Machado? He's a solid player. I know. Too. I, I, and when I'm mentioning I, the I, players, I somehow don't mention him in there, but he's a solid player. Deserves mention for sure. Oh yeah, and that would been a scary lineup. And you saw the how, and it's disappointing because the fans were. You could tell they were excited because after the trade that had happened, they were playing. I think the the Rockies the next day. I think that was right. And the fans were already lined up outside. I mean, to get into the ballpark. How many times? How often do you see that happening? Right. Maybe trade happens, and fans are in a baseball game <laughs> and out there waiting to get into the ballpark. So yeah, it's just disappointing. I mean, they still got a good. They still got a good team, but man, it was. It's really hard now. It's going to be harder for you know because the Dodgers are the Dodgers, you know, and they've got they've got the best record, and they're you know in, in the National League. Um, you know, and it's going to be tough to to beat the to take them out in the playoffs to to knock them off. Agreed, agreed, and that's it for the season, right? Because I don't know if we have a eighty games left in the season. I think he's done for the rest of this year. Uh, yeah, he's done the rest of the year, and then it's uh, and then we're gonna he he he's gonna he can't play the World Baseball Classic. That's going to be next year. I read that, and yeah, it's because there's like forty seven games left, so it's going to go into next season. Hmm. It's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, because he was uh, such such a great player. And the fact that he, I, I, at least his contrition here, he said he t- did take the substance, but it was in another substance. So it, was, it was in another uh, thing that he was taking, but it was just one of the ingredients in there that triggered the, this uh, positive test. And it really sucks for him. You know, um, I don't know if this is an indictment on his entire career like it would be on some of these other careers in early baseball. I think baseball, I don't know if they've gotten rid of this problem altogether, but it's definitely not dominating the headlines like it was was 10 15 years ago in the sense of uh right. bonds and just dominating the headlines where peds were just hand in hand with baseball i don't know if they're hand in hand the way they were before but at least um we're not talking about it as much so these things when they do happen are surprises versus when that happens you're just like oh whatever of course it's baseball like you know that's kind of how i felt in you know 10 or 15 years ago i hear the story that's how i feel yeah it's baseball you know of course it's peds Oh, now it's oh, like yeah. a surprise. It's like, wow, I got ding for PDs. You know, you just don't see it happening as often as you used to. No, say. it's right. It's not like it made, like you said, it, it's a, in like in cycling. It's cycling. It's like all the time. It's always questioned. Like yes. no matter if the guy wins, you're always questioning performance. They're looking at his data. They're always trying hand to in hand, like, man, unfortunately, hand in hand with it. So they, they can never get away from it. That's a great point. So at least now you can go. At least he owned up to it. I'm I'm very happy about that. It wasn't like he is like I didn't take. I didn't. He said he knew what he took. You know, he, I I I respect that more than anything because how many times do we say 
guy goes, I don't know. I didn't know I took that. It's like, eh, you know what you put in your body. <laughs> you know, there's no way, especially nowadays, these professional athletes, they know what they're putting in their body. Yeah, are you just they taking anything? Like, what, people who aren't athletes don't do that. So it's interesting that people, you would just blindly take anything, you know what I mean, as being in a, in a position where your body is your main function of making money, that you would be have a heightened awareness right. of what you put in it, you know? Yeah, and like I said, he's, he's, uh, I've read articles that he's very remorseful. He's not blaming anybody. He's, 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 he's owning up to it. So, gotta respect that young guy still. So, I mean, he can, he can put this by, you know, just come out next season and, and just do, do, you know, just play the, just play the game and it'll all get behind you. You know, just, uh, the, the, if you start winning, you come back and win and start, you hit the oh, thing. Forgiven, man, it'll right? all be, it'll all be forgotten. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, the before we move on to the preseason and takeaways and stuff, because that's what you know we really want to get to. Love some football here. I got a yep. uh, shout out to the kid Grissom man who just got called up for Atlanta Braves. He's been having a, a pretty good few games here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, not bad. But for your first hit, is you hit the ball out of the out, not yeah a home run, but you hit it out of the stadium. You hit it over the Green Monster. That's that's pretty impressive. Right, right. In a legendary in a legendary <laughs> stadium, right? It's no like yeah. it, as a kid, do you dream it up better than that? Right, exactly. Yeah, you play in your backyard, you're always you're always trying to go in that that three two count, bottom of the ninth, here it is, your moment, and then wow, that's to, to like you said, deliver on that stage. You know, we know the Red Sox aren't the Red Sox of the past, but it's still it's still a pretty big deal to go on there and hit hit yeah, that'd be your first set and hit it out of that stadium. That that's pretty. You'll never, he'll never forget that moment. Right. You know, and that's uh, Von Grissom for the uninitiated people who might not follow the Braves. Just got called up here last week, I want to say, and had yeah, had a uh, had a um, a pretty good stretch of games here. Just to put this into context, there is a uh, a stat out there is that he's only Braves player. Or the Braves players to score a run in each of their first more major league first four major league games since 1901, and he's the only one. Wow, he is on. He's the only name on the list <laughs> of a player to yeah. score a run in each of their first four major league games since 1901. That's one player. That's pretty impressive. So Von Grissom, shout out to him having a great uh, a great start here to what hopefully will be a great career, uh, career and hopefully be a great career here with us. Keep those keep those home guys here. Um, what are your takeaways on the preseason so far? We'll do like a macro, and then I guess we'll go through certain teams. Any, it's very sure. early, and I think that we go into hope springs eternal at this time of the year for all fan bases, unless you're just absolutely horrible. You know, a lot of people they they overstate how many wins are. are Wins they may have, they understate it, depending on if they may be a great team. Um, but we're here, and the game has started. Very excited about that. Uh, Falcons don't look too bad here. Falcons don't look too bad. What are your? You have any major takeaways just for how the season started? Oh no, I mean it's like you said. I'm just it's preseason. It so yeah, again, you, it's it's still. I'm just excited that football's here. Me too. I'm like I'm not gonna excited until you know the games start counting. You know that's kind of how I look right. at it. I mean I'm like I I thought uh, just for the Falcons side of it, Mario looked good, Raiders looked good. I mean those, those guys both look they look good. Um, they both they're very similar. Um, uh, very uh, good runner. They can get out of the pocket, which we're gonna need. For this kind of this team, where we don't have a great offensive line, so they're going to need to be able to scramble and get out of the pocket on a lot of occasions. So that's kind of be that's kind of nice. So, but yeah, it's but yeah, just it's just kind of it's kind of funny too. You're watching some of these games, and it's almost like uh, when it's protection. Like like who knew? Like last year, I didn't even know Geno Smith was in the league until um, until he popped up on Seattle. to go like, oh, until Russell Wilson went out. Right? I had no idea he was still in the league. And it's like it's kind of funny to see like when you're going down like oh look and look and I uh, speaking of you know witness protection Tyrod Taylor he's on the Giants I had no idea he signed with the Giants so it's kind of funny to see journeyman like, man and, you know, and like a competent he, journeyman at that man Tyrod Taylor all right competent guy right right so it's funny to see like oh, and nice to see guys that you know get drafted get to see them kind of play in the games like Pickett looked really great for the Steelers I mean he looks good he was great at Georgia so. 
no surprising that he's going to be, he's going to be good with the Steelers. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's just fun. It's just fun to see that it's finally here. I love that. We're just kind of just, I love we're powering through all these, these preseason games. Like we're starting on Thursday. We got games Friday. We got a game Saturday. I mean, it's like we have one game today, you know, it's just like, they're just trying to power through these things, get them done and let's get the season started. So that's what I'm more excited about too. I feel like the first preseason week is probably the biggest preseason that we discuss on the show because it then kind of it falls back a little bit down to reality because the games don't count. And unless you're seeing things that are like egregious uh, one way or the other from the specific players, then you don't really think about it. Um, so we will now go to our Falcons here, which I do love to discuss on the show. I like the way that we looked. It's preseason. And I've always had a saying about preseason. And we just talked about this before the show to reiterate here for the audience. And that's during preseason, you can usually tell, you can't tell how good a team is during preseason. So during preseason, a team can go 4-0 and and then be horrible during the actual season, be abysmal. And during the preseason, that team can go, but if a team goes 0-4, I should say, let's say that, if a team goes 0-4 during the preseason, that team doesn't usually turn around and win 10 games during the regular season. So Correct. I don't know how good a team is during the preseason but you can usually see how bad a team is during the preseason and uh if you're not beating guys who are not going to be on because a lot of times you'll see teams and i saw this happen with a couple of starters a couple of quarterbacks you'll see a a few quarterbacks and they might that quarterback might be a starter and if they don't get anything going they might leave them out there for a while i don't know if there's just to build confidence or something but if they don't get anything going and you're playing against a team's second unit, or at least portions, because some sometimes they might have starting positions, you know, out of the 11. There might be some starters on there, but far and large, it's, uh, by and large, it's, it's just role players and people who may not even be on this team later. If you're struggling against those guys, then you're going to struggle against the starters when they're here. So you see some teams leave their quarterbacks in maybe a little bit longer, try to see if they can get something going. Um, I like the way that we looked – so far, I like the way the kid Ritter looked, looked poised. Um, the ball looks good. Uh, didn't like he put himself in any compromising situations to get, like, nailed. Because that's something you see with rookies, especially rookies that can rush. You know, this ain't college. They start running around out there, and they get that welcome to the NFL hit. And that brings things <laughs> yeah. back into perspective for them. So he dodged <laughs> it. He welcome to the NFL hits. Um, even though he did take some in the pocket, but that's just life. You got to be ready, ready to take hits in the pocket. I don't really mind players taking hits in the pocket as much as I do them trying to get that extra two or three yards and then just getting nailed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like always you need, you see three guys coming at you, one guy coming at you get do the baseball slide. Yeah. Get down, man. Slide, you, get down, get down, get down, get down or get out. That's what it, That's all you gotta do. It's like Russell Wilson is the best at that. And he's, he's, you know, he's that's, that baseball back. I mean, that's how he's a boy. Yeah. So he needs to like put a he can do a clinic on that, but but yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's just nice. It, it, I think that's the thing you want to look at preseason too. Is like, are your guys moving the ball? Are they are they exactly they having some good defensive plays? Stagnant. The offensive yep. moving single digit scoring. Right. And, you know, right? And that's and that's the thing I I did leave, I did like to see it's like and I do like to see that the coaches are into it, like uh, making sure like they're, they're trying to set it up as real, as a real game as possible, you know, you know, as much as they can with the players that got out there. So I know it's just, I, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I, it, I mean, I still don't think we're going to be very good and that's, and that's okay. But, but at least, you know, if we can just look confident, you know, that's just, that's all I want. I mean, if we get blown out, just look, can we have a couple of drives, you know, can we look good on a couple of drives? That's, that's all I'm wanting, but, yeah, but at least the, either one of the guys. I mean, that, that's a good thing about it. You know, they 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 look so similar. They have like similar arm strength as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, and again, they both can run. So that's that, that's good because they're going to be. Unfortunately, I think they're going to be running for the lives all season. So, any other takeaways for the Falcons before we move on to just talk about some of the other teams? No, no, they look they look good. And that's, that's all you can ask for, you know, and they, and wait, that's the thing. At least we win one game and we go, we go one and three or one and two the rest of the way. And that's fine. You're yeah. already better than last <laughs> year. Is what you said. Like, You're uh, already better than last year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about here. The giants a bit. Cause they had Daniel Jones. I think Saquon was out there. 
Um, I don't know what the Giants' answer is here as far as the quarterback position. And I remember talking to a coworker of mine, and it's one of the reasons I could bring this this subject up. And one we discussed this here before air on uh, before we got on, and that's kind of like. There seems to be, I don't know what's up with New York media or if it's like in the air there, but there still seems to be a sense that Daniel Jones can be a competent starter and he's not a rookie in this league. I'm, I keep looking back at like what people are seeing. Is it the, is, that he has a size, that he has some mobility, that he can make th- some throws at some times? What do you, he did seem to rein in those uh, turnovers that he seemed to have a horrible time with in his very mm-hmm. early years, but I still don't see it. What do you think is happening here? What do you think people are seeing in the Daniel Jones situation that I'm missing myself? You know, what they keep comparing him to is is Eli. And what, and, what? and the thing is, seems like disrespectful yeah, to well, Eli, right? Well, not I mean not 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 in the comparison that he could be Eli, but like how Eli kind of he slowly developed. Okay. And that and that's what they're trying to compare him to, but it's like but you got to remember it's like Eli became. He came from SEC school. He he played against tougher competition. He played a. Daniel Jones played at Duke, and he wasn't. He, oh, you know, it, and it's not, not like the he was recruited. Team, ladies and gentlemen, not for the basketball, right? Exactly. That's the thing, and it wasn't like yeah, it's Division One ish, right? I mean, it, it's a Division One team, but I mean, but most teams when you have Duke on your schedule on the football side of it, you're you're kind of putting that as a as a win. <laughs> you're kind of putting that. Uh, you're going, you're going out of your season going, you have Duke on your schedule. It's like, Oh, that's a win. If you're any other, you know, a competent, uh, a division one school. So, uh, that's the thing that they say he's coachable, which, okay, great. But yeah, he did, he, he did stop kind of staring down his, his wide receivers last year. So that helped with the turnovers. But again, when you watched him, watched a little bit of him, like, uh, in Cal, when I said you, I said you to call him Cowherd, um, clip and he and he made a great point. It's like he had a 13 play drive against the backups of the Patriots, and they only got three points. A 13 play drive and three points out of it. You know, that's that's where you like you were saying where you you don't want to try to read too much in the preseason. That's where you want your quarterback, your starting quarterback, to roast. He should have been throwing guy. that thing all over on them, right? Like if you're uh, right. the starter, you should have been destroying them. Exactly. So I mean, these are the guys that you, you know, if you're playing second unit, those are the guys you're seeing in like, um, you know, in, in, uh, just in practice usually, you know, so I, yeah, I don't know. I've just, I've never really seen it. I thought it was a, like, I feel like when they drafted him, it was like, Oh, we're, we're like the smart, you know, how we always say when GMs, they think the smart people in the room when they do something, they do a move like that and always burns them. Every time it burns them. I mean, look at teams that that did that do those those picks, and where are they? Look at the Bears. You know, hey, we're, we 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 get Trubisky, and where, what happened to Trubisky? He's gone. So I always feel like it's the same thing. It's like, but it's but they're really holding on to him a lot longer than like I thought they would just move on to him last year. You know, and plus there's just there's there's other quarterbacks that are just better than him. Speaking of, you know, I know we're going to talk about Jimmy G, but Jimmy G is sitting right there. And the 49ers are just so smart that they are holding on to him until the end, in which I don't blame them. Like, they're going to wait till a team is so desperate they need a quarterback. And we already saw, you know, with Zach Wilson, uh, how long we – they say it's two to four weeks, but who knows, that, that might stretch longer. Mm-hmm. And what do they have to make a move? What if, you know – and what about if Deshaun Watson? What if he's out the whole year? You know, so kudos to the, to the Niners, man. They're gonna, they're hanging on Jimmy G, and they're gonna make they're gonna make someone really pay for him because they're gonna make, they're willing to make for because when you're desperate, you have to <laughs> and you're in that corner, you're gonna have to give up a lot more than than you wanted to in the beginning. You know what's uh, and I'm gonna we're a stat show, so this is something I gotta discuss here. They I see nothing in these stats. Um, so he's to his credit, he's been in the league three years. Okay. 2019, okay. 2020, 2021 to his credit, his completion percentage has gotten better every year. 62%, 63%, 64% in respective. So that's 2019, 2020, 2021, his overall record in here. Cause that's, that's the shining part. 
I, it well, didn't take me long yeah. to get that out of the way. Um, that that's the that's the only thing. If you're looking at completion percentage and you you're basing your decisions purely off completion percentage, in which Jimmy G's is still way better. If we're making that comparison, then um, maybe you think the guy has some hope. But the guy is also twelve and twenty five. All right, twelve and twenty five. He has thrown for three thousand yards in twenty nineteen. Uh, 3,000 yards on the roundup, 29-43, though. 29-43 in 2020. 24-28 in 2021. Not even 2,500 yards in 2021. He has played in 13 games. He started 12 games in 2019. He started 14 wow. games in 2020. And he started 11 games in 2021. All right? His touchdown-to-interception ratio... Looks pretty good if you're looking at his career. You say, man, 45 and 29, at least he's above 500. But there's a deeper look into these numbers. Because the very first year, 2019, he was 24 and 12. That's pretty good. 2020, he was 11 and 10. 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 2021, he was 10 and 7. And let me say those numbers again. 10 touchdowns, 7 interceptions in 2021. I do not see it. I don't see what they're seeing. I don't. Um, three years is a decent sample size for me. He's played almost 40 games at this point. What are you expecting the guy? What are you expecting to see? He, he I, is coming I across as he, not even. <laughs> I think there's backups that are more competent than the guy. Like you, I don't know if I look at every backup quarterback stats. They're going to be worse than this. So um, I don't know what they're seeing. You didn't even get 2,500 yards of the guy last year. Um, he missed significant time last year. He missed six games last year. Um, I don't see I don't see it. This is just not something yeah. I see. Maybe there's something in the water there. New York there makes them think that this guy's actually a competent quarterback, and maybe he does turn a corner this year. Who knows? But it's definitely not something that I see. I, I wanted to talk about the injury situation because we didn't talk about Drake London, and that's something I did want to talk about uh, with the Falcons. Um, mm -hmm. You know how I feel, Eugene about drafting guys who have injury history. You know, I, this is one thing that I am completely across the board in every sport I do not like, especially when you take a guy high. Cause I think we took him, like, in the, we picked him pretty high, right? Four, five, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, he was our first-round first pick. Uh -huh. I don't know where he's we picked the guy pick. at. Eighth pick. Okay, so I knew he was in the top mm -hmm. ten. All right, because I think we took uh, Pitts for, I, I want to say, a year before. So, the fact now I'm not gonna to knock the kid all the way because it's a preseason game, but a person that has pre-existing injury history, it is not good that you get injured on the very first catch of the very first game that you ever play in the NFL. It is not something I like to see. Um, luckily, I think we dodged a bullet because I, I hear it's not serious. From what they're saying, no. it's kind of like Zach Wilson no. dodged that bullet in um, in New York because some people were calling that season ending for both of them at, at the time. You know what I mean? So people were, were more so for the Zach Wilson. I don't think people knew what Drake London situation was. But the Zach Wilson situation, some people were thinking that was going to be season ending injury right off top, you know, in a preseason game. So the yeah. history that Drake London has, I don't like it. I don't like this. Um, I'm hoping the kid comes out of it. But if these other receivers turn out to be box office for these other teams and we made another smartest GM in the room decision here, then um, I'm going to be very frustrated with this. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, it's a minor. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, and here's the thing. It's, it's probably less, it's a minor leg injury. He'll be back. And let's just keep him out the rest of the preseason. That's where I oh, believe no it. Doubt, right? But, you definitely yeah, keep no him out the rest of the preseason. Green was like, okay, we we saw it, we see the speed, we know we got it, so we just let's let's let let him heal up for the you know no no need to be, put him back out there. Um, at least with Zach, Zach is a it's a he has surgery. It's a it's a you know it's, they say two to four weeks, but you know it's a that meniscus man. I, I get I get worried when I see that. It could be and six when, six to seven. Yes. That's the thing. They they say it's it's a slight tear, but man, you never know until you until it gets back. Um, but yeah, Drake will be back. They've already you know they kind of already said it's a spiner, but yeah, like I said, just 
I'd just keep him out the rest of the preseason. No need to no need to put him back in there. And we, we can't bubble wrap the guy, we, Eugene. You know, he's gonna have to come out here and play at some point. If you were getting well, injured yeah, in college, I'd rather, uh man, yeah. these guys are hitting harder here. Yeah. No, I just I'd just rather keep him keep him keep him out to the rest of the till the season opener. Like I don't, I don't want Pitts out there. I don't want Patterson out there. I want all those guys healthy when we start of the season. Okay. Then then we just roll the dice with that, you know? That's where I'd rather have it. Well, the 49ers look pretty decent. Um, they had Trey Lance out there. Trey Lance able to show a little bit of why they brought him on. Um, I had a, I wouldn't say necessarily a meh response to his debut, but I had kind of like a wait and see. I still got to see more oh, of the yeah. kid before I make yeah. any decisions on whether they're making a good oh. move moving off of Jimmy G or not. Because if Jimmy G happens to be the guy you're looking at that you got to replace, you're you got an uphill battle. His his stats are incredible. Um, his right. availability is not. So that's the reason yeah. that Jimmy G is going to be out on a lot of a lot of teams. But I do feel like that makes you look over your shoulder because listen, the Rams were able to to do this, and I talked about this when Stafford replaced Golf last year, and I remember us talking about it on the show. And I said that in order for Stafford to have success. In L.A., he's going to have to win a Super Bowl because your predecessor yep. took them there. So the only improvement from going to the Super Bowl is winning it if you lost it, right? That's the only improvement you can make. You're already playing in the top game of, of the year. right? So your only improvement right. could be winning it. And Stafford, to his credit, <laughs> they won it. He did, they, that was he did an improvement, it. you know? And, you can, and from an, uh, an ability standpoint, there's no question about – the difference between a Jared Goff and a Matt Stafford. Come on. There's, there's, there's no question. Matt Stafford throw the thing out the field, you know, so out the stadium and, and you still can. So there was no question about that, but it's just a question of how much better are you going to be than the person that you replaced and what kind of um, results would show up as a result of you replacing that person. And I feel the same way here about Trey Lance and Jimmy G. If you're going to be better and your predecessor, look at what Trey Lance has to do, Eugene, to be better than his predecessor. He took them to the, uh, I want to say they were in the NFC Championship game. Weren't they NFC Championship game last year? NFC Championship game last year, yes. They were one game with another game, one game from the Super Bowl. Okay. Got them the Super Bowl. And let's not forget, it wasn't like they got blown out by the Chiefs in that Super Bowl. If exactly. They, if you go back and, you know, it, it pretty much came out of that fourth quarter. For, you know, because the 49ers were winning that game for three and a half quarters. And, you know, let's just say Jimmy G underthrows that ball. Like we say this every time, he underthrows that ball just a little bit more. Then we're probably talking Jimmy G has a Super Bowl ring and not Patrick Mahomes. So, um, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, but again, you, they drafted him so high. So you got to see what you got. You have to. Point. You, you, you have to play. Yeah, you guy, really right? you got to. Yeah. You've kind of forced yourself in the, in the corner. It's like, Unlike, you know, these other teams, they really don't have, like, the quarterbacks came out this year. No team really has to start their guys, right? I think There's people no... will give you that year for a first-year quarterback. Like, teams yeah. and, and fan bases understand this process. And I think that you don't start – things don't start to get murky until you haven't started a guy in two to three years. If you got a right. guy that sits for exactly. two to three years, people are thinking, like, you're seeing this guy in practice all this time. It ain't like he's just sitting in a hotel waiting to be called – or sitting at home waiting to be called. You're seeing him every single day for years and still not feeling confident enough to pull the trigger of making him the starter. That doesn't bode well for a lot of players. Um, so I felt like the Niners were in this situation. They can't have this kid sitting for two years with what the, where they no. drafted him. So no, you're going to have to play him. He just got an uphill battle on who he's replacing, you know, because you're replacing a guy that's got about 68% uh, completion percentage. He has a 71 touchdowns to 38 interception for his career. Um, last year, he missed two games last year. Still almost threw for 4,000 yards, 38-10, with missing those two games last yeah. year. Uh, that's it's not an easy it's not an easy ask to replace a guy like that. And the most important thing that makes Jimmy G Jimmy G. The 33 and 14 record that he there has. There you go. 33 and 14 record that he has for games that he started. As a matter of fact, let's do this. 
He's been in San Francisco for since 2017. One, two, three, four, five years. 2017, 18, 19, 20, and 21. His San Francisco record is 31 and 14. And when you look at that, when I'm looking at the issue, you take away the games, the fact that he just doesn't start games because he's only had one losing season in San Francisco for games that he started. And that was when he started in 2018, he only started three games was one and two for those three games. The other years he has winning records or like a 500 record, which 2020, he only started six games. He has a three and three record. And it doesn't bode well either that he did have surgery. I think this year he had another injury that he had to be yeah. treated for yep. this year. So you're looking at a guy in who's made a paper mache. You're thinking, I can't put him back there or I, I need to have a very competent backup situation. If I do have yeah. G, you gotta have a very competent backup because they're probably going to see some time, but it's still yeah. a lot, um, a heavy ask Eugene for their, the kid to just come in and replace his, um, impact on the team. No, I agree. Like you said, it's, it's going to be wait and see that we, the thing is we, we all know, I mean, athletically, he, he should be a step up from Jimmy G, but we got to wait and see it. Right. We saw, we saw the arm strength. We know he's got a better arm than Jimmy G. We know he can get out of the pocket better. He can, he can run better. We know he's got all that, but until again, he's still going to be, he's still got to get to that division. He is one of the toughest divisions. He's not in our division. So if he, he's not like like the like the unless Tom Brady gets hurt, the Buccaneers are winning the winning division. It's not going to be close, right? 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 They're going to just a wipe, way better wipe. team, you know. It's just the, the right. team as right. But then, is better. Yeah, exactly. But now he's a, he's in that division with the Rams, with the the Cardinals, with you know Seattle. He's not in a it's a very tough division that they're in. So, uh, so that's you know, and and if I'm and if I'm 49ers, I'm definitely not trading into the to Seattle. I'm not trading Jimmy G to Seattle. No, nowhere no, in the division. Not, He's not going nowhere, anywhere in the nowhere division. Nowhere in the division. Crazy? No. And I want like I want every draft pick you you have for because I mean Jimmy G. That's a good thing. About, I mean, yes, he's had some injuries, but dude's a winner. He's a winner every time he's in there. He he knows how to you know he, he went to Green Bay and played in like just the worst you know in in that snow and just. Beat, beat probably beat the best quarterback we've seen in years. Right, went it toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers, and they just and just took them out. He shows up in so the moments, not, man. That's another shows, thing too. Right, that's an that's intangible. Exactly. The quarterbacks that show up in the moment is an intangible, guys. Exactly. So I, 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 I mean, I get it. You you have to see what's that. You know, you draft the trade so high. Got to see what you got. And but you know, kudos to Jimmy. I mean, he's gonna go, he's gonna go to another team. He's gonna let him, he's gonna be able to play. He's gonna win. He's only and the cool thing about it, he's thirty years old. He's only thirty years old. Wow. So he's gonna be able to at least at least play in the league at least five more years. Yes. If you just you know, but health is gonna be always gonna be be the issue. Yeah, because but it always again, has been. There's right? gonna be right. There's gonna you're gonna need good like you said. You gotta have a good backup. Now I have heard that 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 I mean I know the odds are pretty not in our favor. But the Falcons have been rumored to be wanting to trade for him. Oh, I've heard man. we've been on that, been in the conversation. What happened? I know that's the thing. I like, I don't know what we're going to give up to get that, but I mean, I wouldn't mind having the guy here. I mean, I we'd mean, have to I, give I, up I, Mar- at least Mariota, right? Like he'd have to go. Like we can't have a three-headed quarterback room with Mariota, Ritter, and Jimmy G in there. That's that's that sounds starts to sound a little messy to me. Well, Jimmy G, I'm, I'm sorry, well, Jimmy G, whatever team he goes to, he's going to be a start. So he just goes, he just becomes our starter. And, and you know, Marietta just becomes the backup at that point. My, so again, we are so down the, on the odds for that. I'm not I, even, yeah, I, I, I'm not I, even I just don't thinking see about it. it. I don't even see why that no. makes sense for anybody, for Jimmy G or us, <laughs> for where we are. We're not in win now phase. You know what I mean? It's We're not win now. Exactly. We're such a rebuild. I, I don't understand. I, when I heard the report, I was like, really? I mean, we're not. I figured he'd go to like win now team, like like a Seattle. He's a like, win now quarterback. You don't know how many hits he has left. Like you, you gotta exactly. be ready to, to win some games throwing him in there. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know where, like the because uh, he, he it's, it's all gonna see it's gonna be interesting because how what Cleveland has to do, what you know we're still gonna wait on the the Sean Watson. By the way, he finally apologized. To, you know, it only took him for oh man, how long to apologize? Yeah, yeah, it took about a, a couple years or so here. Yeah, um, <laughs> for him to actually to, to, to show some contrition, and I feel like that was just because he's staring down a barrel of a 
indefinite suspension. Right. So you're like, you better right. at least say right. you apologize because one of the things that the NFL likes to do is they like for their players to show contrition when being dealt with this kind of adversity. Like you got to show something. If you're coming on, you're like, I don't think I did anything wrong. Um, we'll see you later. I mean, we'll, 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 there's no point in having you around. <laughs> so you got to right. at least start there. So I felt like that's just good right. advice on whoever's PR people are. I don't. I can't say that that's even the truth. How long it took for you, it to actually happen? I don't know if it is or not. Yeah. How sincere, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that that. But yeah, that it, that's going to be the interesting thing. You're like, who who's going to step up? Because they're going to because foreigners are going to want a big, you know, get wants the picks back for them. And and that's the that's the thing. Or or the team's going to want the foreigners to pick up some of that salary. Because you know, he still owes, he still owes a pretty good amount, amount of power. I think he's got two years left in that contract, so they're gonna they're gonna want some, you know. If that, you know, that's so that'll be interesting to see. Like, who's gonna be desperate? Because you really gotta watch, you know, Deshaun. Gotta watch the Zach Wilson thing where that's gonna play out. Um, I say Seattle, but there's no way. I just don't see any team, and I don't see any any real world situation. Yeah, where that would be nice for Seattle. Definite improvement, but, but I don't want to do it, it if would I was be. the 49ers. I, would just, I just wouldn't do it I if I was the 49ers. Uh, they would have to no. knock my socks off with a deal like that. Would Now, I don't think that you overlook any deal from any team, especially if it's one that's significantly, like if it's, if it's a significant deal, then I think you look at any deal, you take any phone call. But the yeah. asking price for you guys in my division is going to be significantly higher than it is going to be for yeah. somebody like in another conference or division. Yeah, right. Yeah, you may not exactly. You may not want the maybe you take the less, maybe not less traffic, but you're not. You're not. I want like a king of ransom if I'm trading within within my division. Right, doing you guys no favors. So I definitely um, understand that and would hope that there's a place that Jimmy G finds. But you might be right in the sense of they just take it into the season and he's already on the team anyway. So there's no need to rush it. Nothing's really changing. So we'll see what happens with the quarterbacks on other teams and see if maybe he ends up uh, going to one of those teams. Now let's end the show on the Brooklyn Nets here. And this has been very interesting, a very interesting situation here, the Brooklyn Nets. So we didn't talk about the Sean Marks, Steve Knapp situation on our show. I think it happened maybe right after maybe a day or two after we did our last show. This is a complete delusional situation. I didn't. I don't know if this was a serious demand or just a reiteration of wanting to leave your team. Sometimes you make demands you know aren't going to be true. If you want to get divorced, you demand. Like I demand, I bring we bring in another woman into this relationship. I'm going to demand it, and I'm really just looking to get out of my relationship. Is it about bringing mm-hmm. another woman into a relationship? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I'll tell you what it's definitively about: not caring if my current relationship ends as a result of that demand. And I feel like that's where he's at. I don't think he cares. He wants to be out of there. And I don't think he think he sees them, the Nets sitting on their hands. And he's thinking, wait, these guys really think that I will just come back and play. No problem. Because this, there seemed to be in the very beginning, a lot of traction. We're going to try, we're going to work with his team to move him. And I think that was said the very first day when the, the bombshell news dropped that he wanted to get moved. We're working with his team to try to find a suitable trade partner. Then radio silence, nothing. So I think this is, I don't know if he ever really expected Sean Marks and Steve Nash to be fired. If you're Joe Sy, you are new owner in the league. You got to set a precedent for how you want your uh, colleagues, the other owners to treat you and how you want future superstars to treat you. There's no way I'm going to let a guy, I don't care if it's Michael Jordan, LeBron James, I don't care who the guy is. I'm not letting you press me into who I'm going to choose as my GM and my coach. It has not worked. It hasn't. It's not how teams have been constructed. Where teams have been successful with a player running the, the front office decisions and coaching decisions. Now, I will tell you this. If every player was Jerry West, then maybe you start listening to their opinions on executive decisions because right. Jerry West is a um, Hall of Fame executive just like he is a Hall of Fame player. He's a great executive, but he is a maybe one of three or four. I don't I don't know exactly how many guys have done this, but I know it hasn't been a lot. Even the greatest Michael Jordan hasn't pulled this yet. Like we, we haven't seen the greatest one of the greatest 
human beings ever played a game pull this off yet. So I don't think players are owed this being able to make executive decisions for who gets hired in the front office or who gets fired. Um, so I think this is for one kind of like lack of self-awareness or just trying to drive him self out, which makes more sense to me because it's hard to believe that somebody would have that much lack of self-awareness that they feel like this would actually be granted. Um, this kind of request would actually be granted to billionaires who aren't used to being pressed on anything. Um, what are your thoughts on that? No, you're right. I mean, what I just, uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, he wanted Steve Nash. He right. Kyrie the wanted the only, Nash. Reason, right. only reason so the dude's there, right? That, that's what I was thinking before right. with him and, him and Kyrie. Like, you, you know that so, Steve Nash is only there because you guys have given your blessing in some capacity, right? Yeah, and I'm sorry, but kudos to Steve Nash for the, I mean, the, the years that he's been there and having to, how many lineup changes he had to deal with, how many person, I mean, just the things he had to deal with. Hey, COVID, I mean, guys me, taking he, vacations he, he, in the middle of the season. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, so I, I think he's, I think he's a good coach. I think he's, he's proven he's a good coach and I'd like to have, I'd like to have him be, you know, you know, coach a drama free team. That'd be kind of nice for him. You know, let's see what I he can actually do. He doesn't see how have good he is. I don't, I don't, I can't tell how good he is, but I can't tell how good he right. is because of the stuff that we just talked about. So I need him yeah. to coach a team where a guy doesn't, take vacations in the middle of the year or yeah. sit out almost half the games and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. But no, I, to your point, I think exactly, that's exactly what he's doing. He's trying to, he's trying to push even more. It's like, okay, you know, like you said, there's been zero movement. There's been zero talks, but, but again, if I'm, if I'm the net, I'm not giving you away. You know, if the package is not blowing my mind away, I mean, if it's not like, I mean, it's gotta be almost better than, I mean, if Rudy Gobert, goes to Minnesota for what like four picks you know I mean I mean the, the I think they got back and all the picks. them though right like they got fleeced he, uh, uh, in, in Minnesota I don't know if you know it's one of my favorite pawn stars saying when people come in and they tell you how much they paid for something and and they give the I'm not gonna make a bad deal because you did type of situation I'm paraphrasing but that's kind uh-huh. of like the answer they get like just because you overpaid doesn't mean I'm going to and I thought that's right. going to be the situation with the Rudy Gobert. I don't think that's going to be used as, as a base for how players are traded because one bad trade, we can even do do the same thing in the NFL with the Deshaun Watson contract. One team mm. guaranteeing a guy $230 million doesn't mean I'm going to guarantee a guy $230 million. That's crazy. Right. Um, so right. I could see the same thing happening here with Kevin Durant because you can argue, Eugene, there's no such thing as a good trade for Kevin Durant. It's just not out no. there. It's not possible. No. Yeah, there only and there's only one. Like I said, it's a if Rudy goes for four picks, I would I would almost have him say that Durant's going to go at least get eight picks, right? <laughs> I mean, and if, if team, you were to say only, what if you were to compare the picks, Eugene, you could almost yeah. say that that Durant's worth seven, eight, nine players in comparison. Like right. if you were really right. going to compare them, like you do apples yep. and apples, the, yep. the the ask would get the ask would become pretty pretty large in my opinion they're gonna want yeah. your whole team in your future <laughs> right and that's the thing you know i know i know i i know we've heard boston thing come up and and again i just i don't i'm not mortgaging my whole future well we just swept you team. with I'm the not... team that i have why am i going to trade away right. my pieces to a team that we just swept right i mean if it's as long as it's if it's jalen in a picks but I'm not giving you Jalen and Marcus Smart picks. I'm not giving you both of my two guys. Man, I think that's a starting conversation too, man. I think that's like right. That wasn't so. And there's only one team, and we've already discussed this. There's only one team that has the picks that, that they can give it up. And that's the well. There's two, but I mean, I just don't see. I don't see Oklahoma doing it. I mean, they have all you know. They got all that draft capital. But New Orleans is the only team that has those that has the picks. Like they can literally give up the. Here you go. We'll give you eight, and I still have like they still have like seven or eight more picks left. So it's not that's the only team I can think. And would he go there? And the thing is, he going to go there because they're not they're not. I mean, yes, is he does he make them? Does Kevin put them in the conversation? Yeah, but they're. I still don't think it's a championship team. Well, they were in a conversation without him. Like I don't I don't understand why they would do that either. We went further than you did last year with these guys. So I don't right. and these guys were playing. It ain't like Kyrie and Katie didn't play the playoffs. They were both there. And right. if you if we went further than you, I just have a problem as a team 
given up something on my team when I had better results than you did, even though you have right. a better player. So these two things can both be true. You have a better player on your team, but my team is presently constructed, did better than your team. So it's a hard ask then for me to give up portions of my team that did better than yours for a guy on your team. Like I get it. It's Kevin Durant. But at some point, the results have to matter. Brooklyn has not gotten the return on investment for this at all. Not in any capacity have they gotten a return on investment of this experiment, whether it was when Harden was there, when Harden left. They're not getting ROI. They're just spending money. So yeah. if I'm on a team on the outside looking in because my payroll is significantly smaller than yours, but with better results, why would I trade that in, Eugene? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm right there with you. I, I just Because they're going to ask for half the team. Like They're not just going to ask for They're not doing oh. no straight up trades for this guy. It's going to be trades no. and other things. And that's the problem yeah. I have. Like if these are straight up trades, you tell me. Because I've already talked to you about the Brandon Ingram situation, how he averages 24 points a game, and then Katie was averaging about 30. I'm not giving up six points for a 10-year younger player. Like, this player's 10 years younger than him. Why would I give that up for six more points and maybe some better defense? Uh, I'm, and I have a budding situation here. Like, we don't know what the Pelicans really are going to be until Zion gets back. So sure. let's, let's see what we got here before we blow this thing up. Right. That's the thing. It's like, I, that's, and that's the thing too. It's like New Orleans is in a great situation because here's the thing. They can, they can go good in the end of the season with their team and they've got picks that they can get and they can trade. Let's just say at the trade deadline, they say, oh, we want to add another piece. Well, they can go add another piece to that team with those, with those picks. And it, and it could be without, you know, they don't have to mortgage every single pick to get, you know, get something back. So, I'm with you. I, that's I just that's the only thing I can that, that makes logically makes the most sense. But uh, to me, but it's like uh, if I'm but if I'm Brooklyn, I'm not just again. Way they can literally go back to say, look, we got you in the contract. We went out there, we looked, we searched. We didn't see anybody that's going to give us you know the deal that we want. Because again, I'm I'm going to want at least at least seven eight picks for them mm-hmm. at this point. You know, Goodness. and that's. That's nice. just, that's just me. Cause that's what I want because again, I'm gonna have to rebuild my team that I thought you were on for the next four years. Now I'm gonna rebuild, and now I gotta take shots draft. You know, and 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 if I'm whatever picks I'm getting from a team, they're probably not, they're not gonna be high draft picks. They're gonna be you know gonna be in the bottom first round, even if I get New Orleans picks. So if if I trade used to New Orleans, you're off. You're instantaneously making that a better team. So let's just say they, they he plays for he gets traded in New Orleans for the next you know they he plays for the next four years they're not going to be bottom at seven bottom eighteen they're going to be those at least in that one to four conversation or in that in that seating while he's there and then all those picks are going to are going to be horrible and then then there's also that second conversation we've had before too how do we know he's going to stay wherever he goes how do we know he's not going to pull this again. Oh, exactly. He's, he's yeah, doing so it now at the very beginning of the contract. Like you still have four years left. What keeps him from doing it to you when people are like, oh, well, this is going to be one of the biggest trades in history because the guy still got four years left on his contract. And I'm thinking the guy still got four years left on his contract and he's doing it now. Right. Well, why, why would right. he do it when he has two years left on his contract? What? When he has three years left on his contract. Right. right. So, yeah. So if I'm a, that's my, that's my concern too. It's like, okay. If I'm New Orleans, I give you, I give you, I give up Ingram, I give you eight picks, and now he's here one year. We, you know, maybe we go. Let's just say that he takes him. He obviously takes him to the playoffs. They go, let's say number four seed, and they win the first round, but get swept the second round. Well, what's to say he's not gonna do that again? Oh, I want out. You know, there's no win team. You know, so it's just like, and we've just seen so many where it doesn't work out that way, right? So many teams are winning with. With their quick core, with the way they're drafting. Look at the two teams that go into the finals last year. They both got there by what they're drafting, putting putting players around their core players, putting you know, just better talent versus doing the whole let's go out and trade again everybody, you know, you know, making it making a team. It does just doesn't work. It's not you know. So again, you have you have that part of it. So I, I don't know. It, it's it's but again, if I want, like, I'm on Brooklyn. I'm not just going to give you up, and just because 
you're now you're going to want my, you want the GM and you want the coast gone. And one of those parties you wanted here in the first place. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I want to King Ransom. If, that, if I'm not getting it, I'm telling Grant, like, look, we tried. And I know that the, uh, people on the Brooklyn, um, I know on Grant's side are trying as well, trying to help facilitate the trade. But you know, every team out there, look, we're going to want at least seven, eight picks for them. There's just no, there's nothing, no way around it. And then if I'm giving, okay, then I'm giving up some of my bench players too. We also what happened happened in the playoffs this year. You're going to need bench players to win in the playoffs in the in the finals. Look at Boston. What did they do? They went out and got some better bench players this year to to because they realized, hey, we can need some, we're going to need some guys down the stretch if we're going to win the if we're going to win. They, so I don't know why why. They almost won. They almost won the finals. Why would you? Why would you mess it up? You know. Right. Right. Well, I don't know what either one of these parties does. Uh, it seems like a, a it, as a as an owner and as a team, there's no way I bring back a guy who's going to be here as a hostage and put him in my locker room. I I don't believe in that in team sports in general. Um, unfortunately, team sports are about team camaraderie. Locker rooms they count. It's just something that's an intangible that can be pretty major. It's in a major intangible, though, whether you have mm-hmm. a cancer in your locker room or not. And I'm not saying he'd be a cancer, but he's already made his his decision. No, that he doesn't want to be with the guys that are there. He's already said right. it. So then how do you turn around and make the guy play? I, I don't believe in that. I don't know what how Brooklyn, because you got to fix the guy psychologically. You see how the 76ers tried to do that with Ben Simmons. You got to fix the guy psychologically or hold him until you feel like you you can trade him for something that you want. But just making him play is something I don't see how teams do that in in team sports. And I'm pretty sure there are some guys there who um, across all the sports that are don't want to be on their certain teams. But they're not making public trade demands and demanding that GMs and coaches get fired like that's. I mean, that's a bit much to me. And I think that that last thing that he did is just made it very hard. If you're going to bring back Sean Marks and Steve Nash, which I would do just on GP now, just to show that you can't press me and tell me what to do with my team, then it's hard to have you in the locker room. Then I might have Steve Nash coaching you. Am I going to have you interacting with players and other players and and think that you're going to be um, caping for Steve Nash to the players? Because, you know, players have to have buy-in. And um, if you're another young player on the team, who are you looking up to? Steve Nash or Kevin Durant? That's in your little locker room there. I think it's probably going to be Kevin Durant, even though Steve Nash was an MVP player himself. I think you're still looking up to Kevin Durant because he's still playing and he's still Kevin Durant currently. So I think if you're a young guy in the locker room, you probably take your cues more from him than you would from your coach. So I don't think it's I don't think it's reasonable to bring him back. I think they have to either move him or just keep him away from the team at this point. I don't see any good situation here. For Brooklyn, unfortunately, we'll talk more about this as time goes on. I'm pretty sure there hopefully there'll be some traction on this. They could just hold on to him midseason, man. So we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens here with the Brooklyn Nets. This is just a stats. Check us out. Eugene Morton, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. See you next time.